Hi listener, this is From Ideology to Unity, a spiritual journey where we let go of ideological doctrine and ego in favour of meaning, purpose and unity as a whole. Today I'm finishing off the section of The Synchronicity Key by David Wilcock, which I'm finishing off the chapter Mapping Out the Afterlife. Stage nine, preparation and embarkation. In the preparation and embarkation stage, we leave the ring of destiny and have an intensive planning meeting with the people who will play key roles in our lives, usually from our soul group. This stage of afterlife, this stage of the afterlife is very relevant to our discussion. Many synchronicities we'll experience are planned out at this point in order to ensure that we take certain steps at certain times. Higher level guides help us plan out the symbols and events that will help us steer through these key moments. If we choose to be in a relationship with someone, we may deliberately plan a symbol that will appear when we first see that person, a particular place, a particular object they are wearing, something funny they say, some specific music we hear in the background and so on. We struggle at this stage to memorize each of these cues so that we will know what to do when we see them. Once we have incarnated in a physical body and these signals appear, we generally will not remember the careful and deliberate planning that went into these details, these events even, <clears throat> but the memory trigger encourages us to make certain decisions. A male client, Case 28, described a pre-birth agreement he made in which a woman he meets as a child will be wearing a shiny silver pendant on a necklace and the sunlight then gleams off it. Once he was alive in a physical body, living in his hometown, the same woman walked, walked every day on a street and she always wore a silver pendant. The first time he met her with it, the sunlight reflected off it just as he intended it to in the afterlife. And this event activated his memory trigger. He was, he was immediately drawn to become her friend and engage in conversation without consciously knowing why he felt so strongly about doing this. Even though he knew her for only a short time before his family moved, she gave him a very valuable lesson in learning to respect others. As we go through the preparation and embarkation stage, we may be concerned about our level of stubbornness and resistance to synchronicity and gut feelings that our souls use to communicate with us. In cases like this, we may layer in several different memory tags that will appear as synchronicities in our lives, just to reinforce one particular decision we intend to make. Case 28 describes multiple planned triggers he would experience when meeting the woman he had chosen to be his wife. Both of them agreed on these memory triggers and would cooperate as souls to make sure they happened. This included a laugh of hers that would remind him of the sound of tiny bells or chimes, a familiar perfume scent he would notice the first time he danced with her, and the way her eyes would look. Her chosen memory triggers included his big ears, the fact that he would step on her toes when they danced for the first time, and the specific way they would feel Way, particular way, the specific way she would feel when she first held him. After planning out these synchronicities to keep us on track, we often have another meeting with the Council of Elders before we head into the rebirth stage. 
This meeting is used to remind us of our goals and how important it is that we stick to our deals in our next lifetime. On page 261, a client of Dr. Newton's reports the elders as all being hairless with oval faces, high cheekbones and smallish features, such as the appearance of certain types of extraterrestrials people have reported seeing. These people did have eyes like ours, not black ovals, but, met, but many extraterrestrial witnesses report, reports do feature this type of appearance. The elders are bathed in light and there is a strong sense of divinity. This meeting is akin to a last minute pep talk, encouraging us to have patience and hold true to our values and to trust ourselves in the middle, in the midst of difficult situations and to avoid indulging in anger and negativity. We may also receive an energetic boost from the elders that appears as a burst of positive power, helping inspire us and charge us with love. So, well, I, I guess, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I guess in my life I might not have um, stuck to the plan the whole time. Maybe I did, maybe what seemed like mistakes were actually part of the plan. But uh, yeah, this is interesting. It gives a whole more holistic perspective. It gives us a better perspective on events in our lives. That's what I think. Stage 10, rebirth. The final stage Dr. Newton identified is rebirth. After the meeting with the Council of Elders, some souls become quiet and introspective before they reincarnate, whereas others joke around with their friends and have a lighthearted attitude about reincarnation, the reincarnation. Once we finally depart, we have a sense of plunging downward through areas of luminous energy. We may also see another dark tunnel, only for this time we are returning to the earth in it, rather than leaving the earth through it. As soon as we exit the tunnel, we find ourselves in a body of a baby within our mother's womb. Up until, the new, up until our new child begins school around age five, we still have enough flexibility that we can leave the body for various lengths of time. We may go off and enjoy traveling with our friends to revisit places we lived in other lifetimes. The minute the baby is in any physical danger or distress, we immediately, we instantly snap back to take care of the problem. While we are in the baby's body, we work to integrate our own soul energies with the brain of the physical body. We may also get the baby to do things that will help smooth out the relationships within the family. For example, if our mother and father are fighting, we may do something cute, such as poking their faces with both hands, smiling or giggling to distract them into positive thoughts. It is well within the power of the soul to get the baby to laugh when needed. Ha! Huh. So remember, um, babies are wiser than they look. That's interesting. Cycles of history as the master organizing file for reincarnation. The scientific proof for a living universe is quite far reaching in scope. DNA and biological life appear to be written into the laws of quantum physics and manifest as emergent phenomenon whenever, wherever and however they, they can. Stars and planets exert strong energetic influences on our conscious minds, whether we realize it or not. 
Our walking personalities are the result of a fusion between a, the body and the soul. We cycle through many different incarnations to master the same lessons. We ensure that we will see most of our friends in each lifetime, and we will also in, reincarnate within larger groups of people as well, potentially in the hundreds of thousands, if not more. We may well be tied to them through common bonds of karma, and we need to keep moving through the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the triumphs and disasters of life. Within these secondary groups, we keep repeating the same experiences until we choose, as a collective, to make more loving and positive choices. Our experiences are organized into extremely precise time cycles, as we will explore in part three. We've all heard the saying that history repeats itself, but until I encountered this incredible body of data and did far more research on it myself to see if it was really true, I had no idea how structured our experiences really are. Global events seem completely random, formed by an impossibly complex array of factors. However, it turns out that all the experiences we go through from lifetime to lifetime are being guided by a hidden template of spiritual evolution known as a hero's journey. In the Law of One series, these experiences are called the archetypal mind, which represents the personality of the galaxy. The fourth and final book of the Law of One series is almost entirely dedicated to studying this galactic mind. 90.14. The archetypal mind is part of the mind which informs all experience. Please recall our earlier definition of the archetypal mind as a repository of those refinements of the cosmic or all mind made up made by this particular logos, our Milky Way galaxy, and particular only to this logos. Thus, the archetypal mind may be seen as one of the roots of the mind, not the deepest, but certainly the most informative in some ways. The other root of mind to be recalled is the, that racial or planetary mind, which also informs the conceptualizations of each entity to some degree. Each logos galaxy desires to create more eloquent expression, a more eloquent expression of experience of the creator by the creator. The archetypal mind is intended to heighten this ability to express the creator in patterns more like the fan peacock's tail, each facet of the creator's creator vivid, upright, and shining with articulated beauty. This epic story is written into every movie and television show in existence. And I soon found out through a great deal of pain and suffering that you can't even write a Hollywood screenplay that sells out without studying it extensively. So that's the end of the chapter. That you can't write a Hollywood screenplay without that. So, um, yeah. So that's the afterlife, as David Wilcock puts it. So, what do I think of that? Um, well, so, so. 
Hmm. Well, I certainly gave you time to think about it, didn't I? Because I haven't said anything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's fascinating because I wonder if it too good any memories. Because I don't know. I don't know if what I pictured in my head as I read it, how much of that was imagination and how much of that was memory, right? The hero's journey being a key feature is interesting and that the galaxy has a personality. I suppose everything does at some level, right? I wonder if different galaxies are in different levels of seven different levels corresponding in an analogous way to densities or chakras as well. In which case, I don't know what I would say about our galaxy. So if the hero's journey is what we experience in this galaxy, it's just the hero's journey isn't always the personality that a galaxy has. Well, I'm not sure if there's a need for us to, ex to explore like other galactic personalities, at least not at this stage, kind of jumping the gun. But there I am talking about different octaves, so. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm really grateful to have been able to read this because like, we, a lot of us go through our lives without knowing this stuff. We don't really, have a sense of how it all connects together and how it's all planned and then grand, beautiful. It's like an orchestra, a grand orchestra that's so complex that you wouldn't believe that it, it's hard to believe that it's even synchronized, but it is. And, um, It's all connected, everything. The afterlife is, from another perspective, the in-between lives, right? But then lives are in-between afterlives, so. It's just a different stage, right? So uh, I'm going to leave it at this. I don't know what else to say, really. But that, that bit about babies actually sometimes being more conscious than adults is, is quite interesting.
So, yeah, and that connects up to the cycles of history. And that's what he's talked about a number of times in this book and other points about how the, the there's quite a few cycles in history. There's, it rhymes in a sense, and about how astro astrology works like scientifically, there's actual scientific evidence for astrology. Um, maybe I could read through some of that. This is on the what is synchronicity stage. Although, you know, there's certainly Jung, Carl Jung talked about synchronicity and they seem to be referring to, he did partly source Carl Jung himself when he dealt with it, but he was actually, because there is actually evidence for, surprising evidence for, um, for synchronicity, things being synchronized in a way that seems causal, like causal coincidences which aren't really coincidences. So, um, in fact, I could read through the book Synchronicity, could do readings of that, because um, it is, it's not that long. So I definitely could do that. I've read it before, but I might get new things from it. So I'll definitely consider doing that. Um, yeah, so I think I'll leave it at this for now. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, well, have a nice day.